and welcome back to Stonework, a Bible podcast from the Three Chopped Church here in Richmond, Virginia. I'm your host, Reverend Christopher Tweel, pastor and head of staff here at the church. And I'm Joan Pye, director of music ministries. Through the season of Lent and Holy Week, we will be listening to music, praying, and contemplating as the season, the spirit, and the music guide us as we prepare for Easter. Each week, we will have a different congregant or friend of the church bringing their special music to us as a gift in this season. As we continue in this Lenten series, we'll be working with the Lenten practices of prayer, meditation, fasting, and giving. Lent is an incredible time for us to sit and prepare ourselves for the joy of Easter, and this year things are a little bit different. If you are new to the podcast or want to know more about the church, you can find us at threechoppedchurch.org. This week, we will hear one of the old hymns, Softly and Tenderly, Jesus is Calling. This hymn is prepared by Lois and Barry Watkins, along with their adult children, Caitlin and Susanna. In addition to their voices, Barry has added his beautiful guitar playing as well. William L. Thompson wrote the text and music back in 1880, and this hymn is now public domain material.
friends, it's good to be back together again today, and and to hear this to hear this lovely song. Um, thank you again to the Watkins family for for putting this together. Um, what a what a <laughs> what a lovely family of of talent to be able to to, to sing like this. There was a there was a group um, that we had in in high school when I was growing up. Uh, and we would sing together, but it was two families put together, and and so or, or parts parts of two families put together. So what a what a blessing to to be able to sing uh, together as a family like that, and, and to make music and to share it with us today. Thank you all so much, softly and tenderly. What a what a good song. What a good song for Lent. What a good song for this point in our lives. And I have to tell you, as I was reading and and remembering and writing down some things um for for today i was i was re-reminded of a few things that that this song um is connected to the song was written if it you know get this the song was written in 1880 now that even that even that tells us something because this is a very, very well-known song. Um, famously, I think uh, a lot of people have done covers of it. It is on one of my favorite albums, uh, Johnny Cash's uh, Songs My Mother Sung Me, um, or Songs My Mother Sang, and uh, he does a rendition of it. Uh, that, that's really, that's really good. It's really, you know, I just, I like his voice singing some of those, some of those gospel tunes, some of those old hymns. Um, and you know you've you've absolutely have most likely heard heard this heard this song, um, but it it comes from 1880. So how is it? How is it that a song has been so uh, you know popularized and and has stayed with us for so long? You know you can go to Spotify and just like scroll down, just type the name of the song in and just scroll down all the different artists who have sung this, all the different choirs who have recorded this um, over and over and over uh, since it was written in 1880. And it, it's pretty incredible. It was written um, by William Thompson, who started the W.L. Thompson Music Company, if that, if that last name sounds familiar. Uh, he started out in Ohio. Um, and uh, uh, moved the company, I think, to Chicago later on. But Thompson is an interesting character in and of himself. We don't always talk about the composers, but I thought we would today because he actually, he was a secular composer as well. Um, he did some other songs. Uh, if you've ever heard, um, <laughs> if you're a fan of of kind of the old old honky tonk music from the 30s, um, there is a, a, a copy of, of one of his songs that I remember called uh, "Gathering Up Shells from the Seashore," that <laughs> that has a very hymn-like um, register to it. And so, if, if you've heard that song, or if you've heard a rendition of it, I think the the, the copy that I had was from um, early Skyland Scotty, uh, who is an old. Uh, grinning and a picking player from from back in the 30s, um, but so uh, Thompson recorded or wrote. Um, sorry, uh, he wrote secular music as well, but then couldn't get some things published. 
and finally just decided that he was going to uh, create his own uh, publishing company. You know, he was the son of um, someone who his family was a successful merchant. There were manufacturers, bankers, um, and even his father had served in the Ohio State Legislature. Um, so he had some capital to work with. He started his own company. He uh, then had some great success with his hymns, and this is certainly one one of the most one of the most famous. Um, some of the other ones that that um, he wrote were uh, "Lead Me Gently Home." Um, There's a great day coming. If we've heard that, um, the the world has need of willing. Uh, the world has we need of willing men, I think was the title of it. Um, so other songs, but none, <laughs> none that have really stood the test of time. Now the, the, the W.L. Thompson music company is, is certainly very famous. And if you're in the music industry, you've probably ordered music from them. Um, and uh, it, it was, it was very prominent, very prominent back, back in the day. Now, one of the interesting things, about Thompson, not only that that strange start that he had, but he was also um, friends with uh, uh, Dr. Moody, who was a pastor back back in this time period, um, for known for the Moody Institute. But um, there's a there's a story that goes that uh, talks about how. Um, uh, Dwight Moody, uh, the evangelist, uh, was on his deathbed and wouldn't wouldn't see folks, and it was it was close to the time. But when he heard that Thompson was the one that was visiting him, he let him in, and he talked to him, and he he had to tell him. He told him. He said, "Will, I would have rather have written this song softly and tenderly. Jesus is calling than anything else I've been able to do." in my whole life. <laughs> and, and the story goes that, that uh, Dwight Moody was, was singing this song when he died. Uh, it's a, an, an incredible, incredible legacy for the song. The song also, um, if you're uh, a fan of history, you may also remember it, it uh, is being sung at the funeral of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Um, and that also was uh, exceedingly appropriate uh, to be sung there by the, the Ebenezer Baptist Church because this song appears in the uh, African-American Heritage Hymnal. It's, uh, it's number 347 in that hymnal. And this, if, you, if you're not familiar with the African-American Heritage Hymnal, um, it, this is a hymnal that was, that was produced by um, African-American pastors and church musicians. They worked for eight years to compile this collection together. And um, they notated traditional hymns the way that they were actually sung in, in our African-American churches. And it, what's incredible is that here we have this song written in the 1880s. Now, if we know anything about the 1880s um, in American history, we know that we, we, are, we are just at 15 years or so after the end of the Civil War. And there were a, a horrendous number of lynchings in, in the, the southern 
the southern states here in the U.S. Happening all throughout that that following decade, 1880 to 1890, was really when uh, historically those those uh, murders hit their hit their high point. And and yet, and yet, here is this song that is written in that period, that is published in that period, that is latched onto by our, our African-American brothers and sisters so much that they have placed it in their heritage hymnal, this song that was written by this, by this white guy from Ohio. <laughs> uh, now this, you know, this is amazing because it, it's, I think, I think it speaks to the power of the Holy Spirit to transcend ourselves, to, to happen in a, a place and a time and a need uh, that, that, it, that exists in the world. Um, Will Thompson Again, the, the author of the, of the song, he was known uh, for, uh, you know, he's quoted in, in several of his uh, biographies and things as saying, you know, no matter where I am, um, no matter what I'm doing, if the idea comes to me that I think is, is, is worthy of a song, I jot it down and that way I'll never lose it. And what, what is that? What is that? But the spirit, but the working of the spirit. <laughs> The Spirit reached out to Will Thompson and said, the world needs to hear this song right now. There are things happening um, in uh, all over the country, but certainly in, in the southern states. And, and people need to hear this song. And then to have that song connected into the, the heritage hymnal, and then to have that song again, kind of resonate again, um, to be sung at the funeral uh, of Dr. King, and to have that song come to us today. It is the work of the Spirit. It is an incredible moment and, and uh, notion that we have for uh, our, our church family to, to pick this out for us. Because what is, what's going on? What's going on now? What's going on now that, that this song from the 1880s is still resonating with us today? Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. You know, the, the words and the imagery that this creates, it, it, it tells us why this song has uh, endured and withstood, with, withstood the, the test of time. It is this sweet, sweet call for us to join uh, Christ. Um, it, it, this is, it, in a way, this is kind of um, the the other side of the coin, maybe, or um, the other the other idea that we have uh, when compared to what we've what we've looked at before here on the the podcast, which is the the song that we had about the twenty third psalm, um, in which Jesus is pursuing us, in which God is pursuing us. Um, God pursues us and also calls for us, watches for us, earnestly and tenderly calling us to come home when we're, when we're weary, 
when we are in need of the wonderful love, when we have the weight of our own sin on us, we are, are called into mercy and pardon, calling tenderly and earnestly, come home, come home. Um, we've talked a little bit before um, at, in, in worship about the, the, the scandalous nature of the father and the prodigal in the story of the prodigal son scandalous nature of the father when the when the son comes home he runs um, which is a very scandalous thing to do in in that century and in the context of that story for the for the head of the household to run out to meet him um, and that is how jesus is describing god in that moment i like to imagine that maybe this is the song that the son heard on his heart while he was in the depths of uh, all the other things he was doing while he was wallowing with the pigs, while he was alone and broken and, and hopeless and sad. And that this song or something like it was on his heart. And that's what inspired him to come, to come back home. But we are pursued. We are pursued by the spirit of God, by the, the goodness of God, but we are also called uh, into, into walking back. There's a sense of humility there, I think, uh, that the song asks us to have. We can't come home with haughtiness or hubris. We can't, we can't make that walk back. We can't admit to being the sinner of this song without humility. So we have to have that. We have to humble ourselves in front of God and then make that walk home to be accepted, to be accepted and loved and cared for. I love how the song changes too. We, we call, we, you know, we usually title this song and, and it's usually titled Softly and Tenderly. Or I think it was originally Softly and Tenderly, Jesus is Calling, which a lot of hymns were just named the first line of, of, the, of the hymn. Um, we call it softly and tenderly, but really earnestly and tenderly is said much more times. It's said three times where, where softly and tenderly is really only said once in the first in the first line. So we have this transition from, yes, Jesus is uh, calling us softly, but also more, more than that, uh, Jesus is calling us earnestly. Uh, and I think that that's an interesting shift that Thompson has in this hymn. And what is it that when, when we hear songs like this, songs of goodness and grace? You know, we, we have all kinds of hymns. We have hymns that, that challenge us. We have hymns that uh, are about what we aspire to. We have hymns that can rebuke us when we need to hear rebuke. Um, we can we can we can have hymns and you know, I say hymns I mean hymns and praise songs and all 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 the kinds of church liturgical music and all all the kinds of music that also speaks to our heart on behalf of God. We have all different kinds of um, songs, and in in this one we have this hymn 
that is full of sweetness, that is, that is full of cool water, that is full of oil running down uh, the head. You know, there's that, that, there's that bit of biblical imagery where uh, that is always uh, an image of, of niceness, of sweetness, of mercy, um, to imagine being anointed with oil on the head um, in, in the ancient, uh, ancient perspective. <laughs> um, for the, the, the bathing of our feet, um, we're heading closer and closer to our time of Holy Week and into uh, Monday, Thursday, where we won't be uh, close enough this year yet to, to touch each other and to wash each other's hands or, or certainly feet. But the imagery of that day is strong in this song. The, the sweetness of it, the caressing touch of it. You can almost feel this song caressing us and holding us and being gentle with us. Oh, for the wonderful love he has promised, promised for you and for me. Though we have sinned, he has mercy and pardon, pardon for you and for me. There's that humility uh, piece of it again to say, yes, I have, I have sinned. I am a sinner. I am, that is absolutely who I am. And even though we have sinned, we are sinners, mercy and pardon is here for us, for you and for me. And it's very sweetly personalized in that, in that too, in this song where we keep saying for you and for me, for you and for me, for you and for me. It's a communal song. It's a song about community. It's a song about family. It's not a song about uh, an individual. It's not a song about uh, a conquering army. It's a song about a community finding healing together. What a, what an amazing what an amazing song that is. The the other piece that I feel like this connects with, especially for us as as Presbyterians, is the idea that, um, you know. We, we as Presbyterians have this theological understanding that we are at our at our core beings, not uh, creatures of loveliness and light. <laughs> we are creatures of sin and uh, we are creatures who have earned death and uh, deserve nothing more than that. That is that is who we are. Are and it's kind of a it's kind of a, a deeper theological conflict to kind of match that with well we're made in the image of God and all the, all these other pieces um, and that's that's a that's a whole other whole other podcast a whole other sermon series to kind of to kind of uh, pull those two threads uh, apart but we do have this understanding that that, that it is who we are and uh, it is only through Christ that we have worth and hope and goodness and joy and and all of these other things um, we can only attribute all of the good things in our lives all of the goodness that we do none of it is because of us as humans all of it is only because of Christ and this this song it kind of touches on that uh, you know we we can't imagine, that we only sing this song when we've done something bad, you know, <laughs> when we've when we've done that sin, 
um, because really this song is for any time, it's for every day, because we are, we are sinners. That's who we are outside of the loveliness of Christ. We, we can do nothing else. And so this song is an all the time song that is reminding us, listen, even though you are who you are, even though uh, you are this uh, person of the world, this, this fleshy being of uh, uh, the earth, God and Christ are continually calling over and over these verses, you know, come home, come home, the repetition, you who are weary, come home, earnestly and tenderly. Uh, Jesus is calling, calling us to come home. And we know, we know what happens when we come home. We know that we will have that good father who runs to meet us regardless of how it looks or what propriety demands. We know that we have that good parent who is running out to meet us and to be with us again. As we continue our time in Lent, we are continuing to think about and and practice um, not only these moments of, of uh, meditation and contemplation and, and hearing and listening to the music together, but also um, places where we're considering our prayer life uh, and our, our fasting life and also our giving life as well. And we'll get to that in, in just one moment. Uh, but so for our, our prayer and fasting portion of our, our time together today, we're Again, asking what are what are we allowing to rest? What are we setting aside? What things in our life are are distracting from our our vision, or our hearing, or our our connection to to Christ? Um, what things are just difficult right now? Even just recognizing in in the mode of fasting. Um, even just recognizing the difficult pieces of life are part of the fast. It's it's not only um, divesting ourselves from a certain thing. Not only you know I'm not going to eat chocolate. Like okay, well, well, great. Well, then when you have a craving for chocolate, what that is is a is a moment or either a call to prayer or a moment to to say oh, well, well what things are hard right now. In addition to chocolate <laughs> being hard, in addition to it, it being hard not to have chocolate at this moment, or or whatever it is that, that we're looking at in our in our fast, um, what other things are difficult for me just in life? Uh, just a recognition of that, just giving ourselves the space to recognize that can be really important um, to our faith journey and to our 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 time as Christians and followers of Christ. Our, our prayer today is going to be something that's inspired by. Uh, our hymn. So let's bow our heads and listen and pray together. Dear Holy God, we are in a spirit of thankfulness. We are thankful for the incredible love that you share with us for the amazing tenderness 
that you have with us. For the constant earnestness that you have in regard to, to reaching out to us, to, to drawing us closer. For the amazing mercy and pardon that you continually, continually give us without fail, no matter what we have done. It's true, you hold us accountable as well, but you take away our weariness and you give us your peace. In this year, God, we have some weariness. <laughs> we have a need for peace. And in this Lenten season, God, we pray that you guide us and direct us to hearing your call for all who are weary to come home, to give you our weariness, to give you our burdens and problems in exchange for your love and your peace and the community of Christ that you have given us to uphold us, to share in our lives. We're coming home, God, each and every day because of your son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Our giving focus today uh, for this week is something that will most likely sound familiar to too many of you out there listening from the church or for those of you that are here in the community listening. We're going to talk about crossover ministries. Uh, crossover is a healthcare ministry. They provide excellent, amazing, high quality healthcare. They promote uh, a good wellness attitude for folks. They, they connect people in the community uh, with resources that they need, and they do it all in the name of Christ. It is really an incredible, incredible ministry. If you go to their webpage, um, they are, are guided by a sense of compassion and, and biblical grounding. And this is something I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. I I feel like I am 90 98%, let's say. I'm 98% sure that I have heard this in it, from several folks at our church. And so I feel like I feel like I know it, and it is something that is true that that that, that, that three child Presbyterian had a hand in beginning uh this ministry. Uh, and if that is false, please correct me. <laughs> but I have heard several people say that, um, unless unless I'm conflating conflating some things. But but our church has a deep connection, uh, regardless of, of that. Our church has a deep connection to crossover ministries. And they they do an amazing, an amazing amount of care. They do uh, primary care, they do pediatrics, they do dental, they do vision, uh, they have a community pharmacy. Um, they even do mental health 
um, HIV and AIDS. They do women's health and OB care, and they also have um, they also have a a, a way of, of working with people in in terms of social work. They have a social work team that that helps patients um, who need help with affordable housing or food insecurity. It is uh, just an amazing an amazing network. Head over to their to their website. Uh, they are at Crossover Ministry dot org um, and you can you can check them out you can uh, they have a um, um, excellent way to give they also have an excellent way uh, for volunteers to interact with them um, even if you're not a licensed practitioner uh, they they have they have need for doctors of course they have need for uh, nurses and nursing support they have need for scribes uh, you know, they have a need for people that can do uh, interpreting um, of, of a variety of different languages. Um, we are so blessed in Richmond to have a, an incredibly diverse population. And so Crossover uh, serves patients from, you know, almost, you know, 100 countries. Um, and they, they really rely on volunteer uh, interpreters for that. Um, even if you're doing administrative support or uh, if you're a student and you're looking for an internship, um, it's just a really great, really great, pray, really great place <laughs> to, to, to be and, and to um, serve uh, God and, and the community in a really unique way. They are, they actually have two clinics now. There's uh, the, the one that's over on um, uh, Quiocasin, they're over on 8600 Quiocasin, which is if you know where the mall is and if you know where the Walmart is right right there nearby, you've, you've probably almost passed it. Um, and they also have a, a Richmond clinic on um, uh, Kawarden Avenue. I may not, as a, as a non-Richmond native, I may not be saying that name right, <laughs> but um, they're, they're down in, in the, the, the city proper as well. So incredible ministry to highlight this week. So glad that we can highlight them in our, in our giving section of the podcast today. What a joy it is to spend this time together participating in music and meditation. If you would please subscribe, rate us, and review us, it'll help others find this podcast. If you have questions about who we are or want to know more about our church family, please visit us online at threechoppedchurch.org or worship with us online through our YouTube page every Sunday. Links are in the description. A huge thank you to Dr. Joan and to all of our musicians, also to our volunteers and church staff who make this podcast possible. And until next time, may you be blessed and be a blessing wherever you are.